everyone this morning? Good. This morning was beautiful. I think I went 65 the whole way here. So <laughs> this morning was absolutely wonderful. So I just wanted to thank this congregation for allowing me to speak again. It's been, this is now my second sermon, and it's been a, truly a privilege and an honor to be able to share what's on my heart and mind. <clears throat> Your smiles and laughter really encourage me to make the best sermons possible. And it's always such a joy to see uh, the homeschool women and the older men loving each other the way they ought. So today I will be speaking on love. So some people seem to think that preachers um, are like a sidekick to Christ, that God gives them special ideas that nobody else can think of. That is not true. Preaching goes a lot like this. You have to say the words, then run down into the audience and sit there and listen as the words are being said. So today, please pray for me as I try and lead you through this thing called love. All I'm doing today is finding out what God says about love, and I need you to pray for me. One of the main reasons I started this sermon, I think, yeah, it took me a couple months. One of the main reasons I started the sermon is because I have a deep concern to raise true men who will love true, act true, and be true. In a feminine culture, this culture needs this kind of steadfast, principled, disciplined men who will stand and not back down. What I am afraid of is this. I do not want to send my kids to public school. Why? Because if you send your kids to Caesar, we can't be surprised when they come out Romans. We need true men with hearts of love to do the will of the Father. Please pray with me. Father, one day you will give these young men in this congregation something so precious and valuable. I ask you will take these boys and turn them into men. I also pray that you will raise up women who are zealous to fill the roles of true womanhood. You have created something beautiful between men and women. And I ask that the older couples here tonight will teach us with wisdom and prudence. Amen. I think even with prayer at the beginning, before the sermon, I heard a young boy pray, and he was even an example to me. So please turn with me to First Thessalon Thessalonians. While you do that, since this is based on love, I just want to point out a couple major books that you might already know. But Proverbs 31 was written to a young man. Women study this chapter because it's God's perfect wife. First Corinthians, First Corinthians 13 talks about what love is by God's standards. Read it and put it on your heart. Um, and ladies, if you want to see if a man is a man by God's standards, read First Timothy 3. And then read Genesis to Revelations. <laughs> I just want to share Song of Solomon. This is Christ's love for his church. Very beautiful. The first time I read it, it dropped my jaw. And 1 Thessalonians 4 explains how to love. So, 1 Thessalonians 4. Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. As in fact, you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. 
not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and, in and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instructions does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. Now, about brotherly love, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all brothers throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. So at the time I started this sermon, uh, Mr. Oram also started Wednesday nights on relationships, so I don't think this was a, co a coincidence, just all in his perfect plan. So I want us to have proper and true love for each other and God. Everything from God's love makes one complete, and if you're like me, just happy being complete in God's love, Paul tells us that's fine. But in Proverbs 18.22 it says, He who desires a wife desires good things. <clears throat> Some of you young people might not like me very much, but I just want to start off with dating. Do you know what the Bible says about dating? Absolutely nothing. Dating is so far left field it's not even mentioned in the Bible. When a young person is awakened to the idea of the opposite sex, then it's time to begin training them. And you hold the person like a carrot on the end of the stick. Okay, son, you want her? Now you must work for her. See, that's another thing I have an issue with in this culture, is no one wants to work for anything. They want ease. Well, women, I'm telling you, have standards. A young man should prove himself first. You are to keep a child's innocence for as long as you can and train him in the way of righteousness without awakening him or her till the Holy Spirit awakens them. When a child sees the mother loving the father and the father loving the mother properly, they're saying, man, this place is like a rock. This place isn't going nowhere. A young boy or girl should already know the point of marriage, so he has the ability to already start discerning from a young age that marriage is truly a privilege. How to respect and honor their mother and sisters so he is, so he is already knowledgeable that in fact you do treat your mother and sister differently than you treat a man that when the time comes for that young girl, he knows how to properly esteem her. But do not hold others to standards you yourself do not have. So I cannot emphasize enough how this dark, sick, twisted culture is so sen sensual. A supermodel doesn't even look like a supermodel. A model named Zendaya had a photo shoot at the beach. She went on to say, you don't know what they can do with computers to make my legs look longer. She also says, as I hold the beach ball to one side, you don't see this little clump of fat, they can make that disappear. <clears throat> a model doesn't even look like a model, and women are comparing themselves to these women, thinking, how can I ever be loved like that? A woman isn't worth love if she isn't a model. Do you know what I mean? The women in our lives are looking at women in magazines, and think, who can love me like that? Then they come home and see you watching the TV with the same women in the magazines. Don't think this doesn't impact our women in a negative way. If we would only read the word, we would find this love that young women only dream about. We would find this love that young men 
that drives young men to do incredible things. But before I get to that, I just want to explain what you must be before you can experience that. So 1 Thessalonians 4.1. Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. Young men, God even said in Job, prepare yourself like a man. So prepare and examine yourselves to the scriptures to see if you're ready to even entertain the thought of a relationship. And don't ask this dark, sick, twisted culture because it's acceptable by this culture to kill 4,000 babies a week. In some African tribes, a young man would have to go out and, and kill a lion with his bare hands to prove the test of manhood. I think that uh, mentality would do this culture some good. Even this secular world has now come to realize it needs unbelieving men to take a stand. First off, before you even entertain the thought of a relationship, I'm just going to refer to my notes for these questions, but would you lay your life down for her? If you wouldn't, then what are you even thinking? Secondly, can you lead her spiritually? How many hours a day do you spend studying the truth? Do you understand what you read so you can teach it and apply it to your life and to hers? Do you dwell with God? Do you manifest an unaided devotion to God? What does that mean? Well, do your parents have to get on you to do devotions or can you do them on your own? And do you remember to do them? Can you stand on your own two feet as a man and not dependent on your parents? Do you have Moral fortitude. Somebody asked me, Randy, what's moral fortitude? I said, it's fortitude in your morals. <laughs> Can you stand as a male character? Can you stand as a man of Christ? Do you even desire to have a family? Can you physically, prepare, uh, can you physically protect her? Are you preparing for it? Can you provide for her? Are you currently saving money for your future wife? Are you willing to self-sacrifice yourself for her? Will his kingdom advance? Will this woman bring you to greater godliness? Do you see a purpose in wanting to be with this girl, or are you blinded by lust? What is the first thing you think of when you think about a relationship? I am not being hard, but this is what it's going to take, and so much more. When I ask young men about this girl they like, they say they can talk forever, and they understand each other, and she's so beautiful. Well, my only question to that is, what happens when you can't talk? What happens when you don't understand each other? And what happens when beauty fades? Personality will only get you so far, but virtue will last into eternity. <clears throat> I can, you soon come to realize that the only thing that attracts this young man is lust, and I can prove this. I used to give hugs to a lot of people, deceiving myself till I questioned why I was giving people hugs, and I found that my fulfillment for lust and self-love was growing. Do you ever, if you ever see self-love growing, you kill it and attack it with all violence possible. What is self-love? Pride. What is pride? This is what the dictionary says. A feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction, conscious of one's dignity. dignity. Do not let that build up. You are to keep the marriage bed pure and stay humble. Hebrews 13, 4. There is a very real attraction to the beauty of purity. Then you say, well, I've blown that. No, you haven't. Not while Christ is seated on the throne. 
I read a book by a Puritan named J.C. Ryle. Besides his wife, he only looked at a woman for three seconds. I like to apply this to my life, because if I know one thing, it's that the heart is deceitfully wicked. So we hear Sim talking about submission. Young men, do you submit to God? How many hours do you spend reading the Bible? Are you renewing your mind daily? What is your maturity? Are you a man by God's standards? You will be an overseer of your family, an overseer of your family. Let's see God's standards in 1 Timothy 3. Here's what it says. Here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, and not a lover of money. Then just down a couple verses, it says, if you cannot conduct yourself without a relationship, then you cannot be trusted with a relationship. If I was to come up to some of the boys at the back of the church and say, okay, kids, today we're going to talk about, I bet you boys would be up in arms. Well, who are you calling boy? Well, are you a man? No. Are you a kid? No. Well, then what are you? Scriptures say a man will leave his father and mother and initiate the relationship. Genesis 2.24. I'm going to refer to my notes here, but it says, Adolescence is a lie. Listen, it allows little boys to demand the privileges of manhood without the willingness or ability to assume the responsibilities of manhood. Let me read that again. What is adolescence? It allows little boys to demand the privileges of manhood without the willingness or ability to assume the responsibilities of manhood. Wow. I want to go on a date. Well, can you lead her spiritually? Can you protect her physically? Provide for her needs? Then you say, I have desires. Yes. Wonderful. Passions of the heart are wonderful to fulfill. Just do it biblically and prepare. Song of Solomon tells us not to awaken love till the appropriate time. I like to call this the awakening, when a young person is awakened to the idea of the opposite sex. Nothing is wrong with with noticing a person of the opposite sex, but now after being sown and nurtured from a young age, it's time to begin training that person into adulthood. And we so often make this mistake that it's not just the parents, but the church as a whole that has to prepare and nurture this young person. Women and men both have very specific roles. Men were made for women and women were were made for men, as most of you probably know. Quite often get this equal standing that men and women, um, that men and women are equal, especially in in our culture. We quite often think, in this culture, if a woman isn't doing a man's job, then it's not equal. That is not true. If you think the wife is less than her husband because of submission or you do not think that you need to submit, you have just destroyed the Trinity. Did the son not submit to the father? Yes. Did that make the son less than the father? If you said yes, then you've just committed heresy. The son did submit to the father, but the Bible says they are one and they are equal. Men and women play different roles subduing the earth. And a little pro tip, I learned that young men, if you see 
how this woman, this young girl acts around her father, then y you know that she will act that way to you as her next male authority. Submission is not, honey, get me my slippers. Submission is trusting your godly spouse to make the right decision for you and supporting him through that decision. If you remember Sim's messages from last year, you will remember that a young that any woman should desire to submit to this godly man placed in her life. So do you know how seriously God takes one flesh? Imagine this. Your wife and children, or maybe your future wife and children, are on a sinking raft. And you could only save one of them. Which one are you going to save? Your wife. Why? Well, you're not one flesh with your kid, but you are one flesh with your wife. It's all about your wife. Some men think, seem to think they have to sacrifice family for the ministry. That is not true. God's word will never contradict itself. To understand the scriptures better, get into systematic theology. Your first priority is your family, and when you're done providing for their needs and ministering to them, then you move to your second family, which is the church, and you labor. You're not going to understand divorce unless you understand marriage. And you won't understand marriage unless you understand Matthew 19, 3-6. You must carry out the will of the Father daily, studying the scriptures for your wife and your family. You must teach the family the same will you yourself are under. You can prepare for years but not have a Christ-like attitude. It all starts with renewing of the mind and filling it with righteousness. Everything is spiritual. There is no secular and spiritual. One pastor says, if I'm fasting and praying, it is just as spiritual if I'm laughing my heart out, teaching my daughter how to ride a bike. See, everything you must do must be to glorify God, having the mind of Christ everywhere you go. Now, with that being said, I don't want you to be super spiritual about this. What do I mean? Well, I heard a sermon once, and the pastor went on to say that these young men in these church were seeking the Lord vigorously, which is good, but when it came to the women, and they were the pastor and the young men were talking, uh, the pastor had to ask the young man, for lack of a better word, are you even attracted to her? And the young man said, well, that doesn't even matter. Well, yes, it does matter. You should be attracted to one another. You are allowed and should be wild and crazy about each other. But be careful who you choose, because you're going to have to stand against the world and our culture. You will be building an empire with this woman. Prepare yourself for the day the Lord will give you something so very precious. Something more precious than diamonds and rubies, as Proverbs says. A few years ago, my old boss bought a brick of gold no bigger than the size of my fist, and it was about $5,000 for that bar of gold. I'm just trying to give you an idea of how precious something can be. Now, we can all probably think of something more precious than that. In this life, we can grow in love, but we will never be able to obtain it until we stand at the throne of glory, looking unto Christ. There is a big difference in a believer from one who studies constantly and one who acknowledges the truth to Titus or puts it into, pac into practice. The more Christ-like you are, the more prepared you are in love. Which leads me to this next comment. If you're still interested in the newest video game or spending your money on nice wheels for your car, or hanging out with the boys. I always like to laugh at that every time I see like a bachelor pack of men just walking around. 
and you want to go out with a young woman, then consider this. Someone who I find a great encouragement in the faith is Paul Washer. He, he once saw a couple beautiful young ladies at a church, and then he saw a bunch of older men. And he went on to ask these young ladies why they were not considering these young men. And the reply was, well, yes, Paul, they read, they pray, they go out and evangelize, but they are still more interested in childish things. See what I mean? Stay picky and do not settle. There is no reason a young man can't be pulling 18, 19 hours a day. And when you work, you work to exhaustion. As the proverb says, just look at the ant. Because when you get that family and come home at five, that's when your real job begins. And you'll be happy you prepared. Then it doesn't stop with your family. Then you get involved with the church and start taking on responsibility. Why? Because one day the Lord is going to give you something precious to be responsible about. And you better be ready to take care of her. You treat her with the utmost dignity and esteem you can afford her. Why? She is God's daughter, whether she's saved or not. God still created her, and you do not defile her, even if she wants you to. That's the mark of a real man. Moral fortitude, because 25, 30 years down the road, she is going to thank you for not defiling her. You set morals and standards that you yourself cannot reach. Take upon God's morals and standards. I will not be able to obtain these morals and standards myself. Why? Because that girl you meet deserves your best, and God will not be afraid to discipline a boy mistreating his daughter. Proverbs 5, 3-6 says, Her lips drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall. And then just a couple verses down, it says, She doesn't even know it. Who is this proverb talking about? Women who do not have the spirit living in them. Just as there is a way to a man that seems right but leads unto death, there is also a way that seems right to a woman who blindly walks and thinks her way of life is moral because she is judging herself by her morals and not God's. And then Proverbs 6.24 says, Keeping you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of a wayward wife. We think we are right because we do not put into practice God's word. And we do not put into practice God's word because we do not know his word. And we do not know his word because we do not read it. Men aren't as dumb as you think we are, ladies. We know sensuality when we see it. I was out one evening with my friend and his girlfriend. We went to Old Navy. And she was going up and down the aisles. And I started talking to him, assuming she would be a couple hours. And... And she, she comes back with this cute little outfit. And she says, what do you think for the barbecue on Saturday? Her boyfriend didn't say much, but I jumped in and said, man, those are sure some nice stay-at-home clothes. <laughs> First Timothy 2.9. I also want women to dress modestly, with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothing, then Proverbs 11.22, like a gold ring in a pink snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. You see, there is a thing called modesty. Some women who come through these doors are just gleaming with bright and innocent joy. And, you would, and as they enter, you would think this, wow, that is very beautiful, that is a very pretty lady. And some women that come through these doors, and if every man turned and saw her, and if he was a godly man, he would have to turn his head away. 
Even in a Victorian-style dress, a man can still tell a woman's sensual heart. But a godly man knows sensuality when he sees it, even though there may be no written rules or guidelines. See, there is a very clear line between sensuality and beauty, and God is not against beauty. The way a woman carries herself ought to promote these type of words. Modesty, discretion, wisdom, beauty, elegance, and refinement, not sensuality, luxury, extravagance. But women do not strive for these things because they do not know God's word. Then you say, Randy, well, you don't know what's in my heart. Well, yes, I do. Don't deceive yourselves because what's in your heart comes out in your actions, and I see your actions. I once met a girl which blew my socks off. I mingled with many, I went to a retreat, and I mingled with many women and men that day. She was the last girl I talked to. She had a very clear role of marriage, and she supported her husband, and she didn't give in to this culture's way of equality. She knew clear roles of marriage, and she was conscious of much more. And she portrayed these qualities, wisdom, discretion, nobility, and simplicity. And I have never, to date, met another person like her before. Lastly, young ladies, you do not pursue a relationship. That is the man's job. You may not want to hear this, but this is when you need to trust in the power of prayer. And pray hard, knowing what the scriptures say you should be looking for, and preparing yourself and examining your motives. Titus 2.3, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children. What I have come to see is the only thing that young girls these days can do is dress up and go out. And I can prove this. Whenever I ask a young girl what she is prepar preparing for, I often see an inclination of the head drop. I look at my own mother. My own mother is a woman of fortitude. When she wasn't busy teaching or nurturing us kids, she was doing books for my dad's garage. And when my dad left for mission trips and going out late to conferences, he had faith that the home will stand. My mother is a jack of all trades, a preacher, a teacher, and a doctor. I bet my mom wishes she could write Being Married to a Hard Man, Volume 2. But every time my father leaves, he has full confidence that when he comes back, this strong woman will have taken care of the house and or may even improved the house while he was gone. Now tell me, what women these days are preparing to be trained like that? Parents, I just want to address you quickly. A wise man once told me this. I'm going to refer to my notes. You must sow and nurture from the beginning. You are to show mercy to and grace to the inexperienced boy, as this was once you. What does this mean? So fathers, your job is to pr protect and nurture that girl of yours until you see this young man worthy. Fathers, you are to take the brunt of everything, whether you want to or not. If this young man is godly, he will come and ask you to see, to see your daughter. Do not be hasty in your answer. I also got wisdom from another man who said, Tell him you will pray and think on it. Then what you do is you go back to your daughter and ask her if she likes so-and-so. 
Then if she's jumping up and down, singing the hallelujah chorus, picking out wedding dresses, then you say, daughter, I'm so happy for your decision. But please think and pray on this, and we'll talk again next week. And if she comes back in a week and says, Dad, you know, I don't really want to go out with this guy, then you say, okay. Then you go back to the man, and you say, um, I've thought about it, I've prayed about it, and my answer is no. But if she says yes, then you and her parents need to pursue parameters of how you will see this young couple walk in purity and how you will protect them and prepare them for the future. See, distance doesn't matter with the in-laws because this will be the single biggest event in your child's life. What I'm getting at is you keep what I'm getting at is you keep your daughter out of the situation and you protect her innocence. Because if that young man doesn't like your response and he wants to have beef with you, then he's going to have to go through you and not your daughter. Daughters, if I've seen this a couple times, but daughters, if after a couple months you see things aren't going well, not what God wants because of abusive relationships, know this, your dad will always stand beside you no matter what. I've heard and seen the way I've heard and seen abusive relationships, and the girl thinks she can't get out of it. And if you feel that way, then you come to your father or your church, and they will end it for you. That is our responsibility. There's a fine line parents need to walk. You can't be too loose with them, but you can't be too tight with them. That is when we all need to work together. So finally, I want you to truly grow and prepare yourself for the future to grow in love. So please turn with me to Philippians 4. And we will be starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but at everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure and whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if any such thing is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. <coughs> Obedience shouldn't be grumbly and hard work. We are to rejoice because a joyous mindset will bring about obedience and from obedience will bring forth the ministry. We have horses at home. <coughs> and lessons, and what's protecting these horses are fences. So what I'm going to do with you today is I'm going to put a fence around you to guard your heart and mind. So let's put the first post in. Whatever is true, that's pretty simple. Often I meet people who study a variety of different faiths. You just study the one true faith and grow in it and understand it. And you become understanding. So let's shove another post in. Whatever is noble, Proverbs 13.20, He who walks with the wise grows with wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Be of noble character. Thirdly, whatever is right. This is why it's important to renew your mind by God's standards. 
whatever is pure. My friends, there is a very real beauty to purity. The attractiveness to it, I myself am struggling to understand, but I am making progress. Whatever is lovely by God's morals. Whatever is praiseworthy or of good repute, as some versions say. Whatever is admirable, deserving of respect and lovely. So now, what we've just done is we've put a fence around you. Whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, and whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. And this will wean out a lot of garbage holding you back in your faith. Or things that you thought were good. You have just taken a major step in the right direction. Thus you will be more prepared in and to love. Sadly, time will not permit me to finish the rest of this, and I know I focus mainly on relationships, but I just wanted you to know what you must be before we get into the meat of it. But I pray you take into account what has been spoken about today, because whether you're a slave, a free man, poor or rich, fat or skinny, healthy or unhealthy, people will not be able to understand why these Christians are able to love they are the why these Christians are able to love the way they love. And it all starts by reading and praying and asking him to reveal himself to you. Just sit down, enjoy him, and I look forward to finishing this sermon at a later date. Thank you.